Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Food bloggers, hey, I am so excited to tell you that we are super close to launching the long-awaited Eat Blog Talk community platform that is going to help you feel connected and confident and that will bring more clarity into your business. We are opening the doors on Tuesday, August 11th, so coming up very fast. We have exclusive bonuses and discounts that we will be giving to food bloggers who sign up during our launch period. And we will also give away one free annual membership to the community that is a $170 value. And we'll also give away one UX audit with Bethany Smith, and that is a $249 value. To stay in the loop with all of this, go over to eatblogtalk.com forward slash launch and subscribe there. Again, eatblogtalk.com forward slash launch. Hey, food bloggers, welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast made for food bloggers looking for connection and value. Today, I will be having my second Eat Blog Talk interview with the amazing Emily Perrin from emilyperrin.com. And we are going to talk about that thing we all want to know, how to find exceptional freelancers. Emily helps bloggers expand and improve their teams with freelancers who care about them and their businesses. She has developed a strategic hiring process that's allowed her to find dozens of knockout contractors on behalf of her clients, as well as within her own business. And she is passionate about aligning the right person with the right role. Emily has a master's degree in industrial and organizational psychology and bachelor's degrees in psychology and English, while her professional background includes working in marketing, coaching, and organizational consulting. In other words, she really understands people and her zone of genius is connecting on a fundamental level to understand their values and empower them to reach for interesting and ambitious opportunities. Personally, you can find her spending quality time outdoors in the upper Midwest with her family, especially with her new little one who is super cute named Tommy. Emily, I'm so excited to have you back on the show today. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. And I think this is just such a really great topic to cover for food bloggers to hear this. But before we do that, why don't you give us another fun fact about yourself? Oh, sure. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, I was thinking as I was prepping for this conversation, I was thinking about like, what's something not a lot of people know about me? And it's that I am a quilter. I think nerdy. That's not nerdy. That's Great. I think it's great. I have a friend who's a really, really intense quilter too. And I'm always kind of jealous because she like brings her quilting stuff along wherever we go. And it's such a relaxing thing for her. Do you find that too, that it's just like a really relaxing thing? Yeah, I love it. And I found like with quilting, I just love every part of the process so much. And I actually had like, I'd say like a personal achievement this year is I made a herringbone quilt. So it's all made out of triangles. It's gray and white. I made it for my son. So it's like a kind of a crib size quilt. But every time I look at it, I'm like, it was like over 200 triangles. Like, That's crazy, but so awesome. 
isn't it good to look at something and say, just think how much time and passion and work has been put into it. And it just makes it more beautiful somehow. Yeah. I can't wait to, for Tommy to like snuggle up in it, picture him doing stuff like that. He's only three months right now. So, oh, he has lots of snuggling to do with it then. (laughs) That's awesome. I love the ear quilter. Thanks for sharing that. And okay, let's dive into freelancers because this is a great topic for food bloggers. We all want those great freelancers in our lives. And it's kind of a struggle. As you know, Emily, it's always so exciting when we get to that place where we can start offloading more work that maybe we don't necessarily want on our plates. But if we don't have capable people helping us, then it's kind of counterproductive. So you have a passion for this topic and you have insights to share with us. So tell us, Emily, how in the world do we find good freelancers? I love what you said there because I was like, yes, I totally identify that. I mean, before I was helping people hire, I was doing career coaching work and really struggled to find help in my own business. And I just thought with my background, I should be able to do this. I should be able to figure this out. And, you know, that's that's kind of where I started with it. And that's the number one question I get is people are like, Emily, where do I find the good freelancers? Where are the reliable ones? Where do you find them? And so my answer used to be the freelancing platforms are a great tool. Like, and they are like, think Upwork, Fiverr, Guru, like all of those places there. What's great about them is that you have a captive audience of freelancers that are looking for opportunities. They have capacity. So that's great, but they have drawbacks too. They're usually expensive. It can also be kind of overwhelming. And sometimes you just can't find the right fit on there. So I started, like, after I noticed this question keep coming up, I continued to research and refine and notice and try new things. And what I've discovered is really it's like you can find good freelancers anywhere. They're on LinkedIn, they're in Facebook groups, they're on the freelancing platforms. But ultimately, like, it's really about how we find them. That was like the huge shift I've made in the last couple of years is moving from where you find them to how you find them. Oh, talk about that more because, okay, so is it the same? Like where you find them, how you find them. So how, how do we find them? Is this a process? Like, do we have to change our thinking or how do you start with that? Because we all, I think we all start with that, like where, right? We're like, where do I go? Do I go to LinkedIn? Do I go to a Facebook group? So your thinking is just like totally shifted, like instead of where, how. So what what is that process of finding how? Ultimately, it is it is having a process, like being systematic about it. And I always start with, and I recommend this too to others, to food bloggers in particular, is to think of it, think of hiring like a marketing campaign. So just like you have an ideal reader, if you have products, you also have an ideal customer. Uh, you know, you have someone in mind that you're writing to, like when you create your blog, when you create new recipes or content, usually, you know, we have someone in mind for that. So the same is true with freelancers. So we can apply those same, those, that same thinking to hiring freelancers as well. So when we think about it, like a marketing campaign, we're thinking like, okay, what are the freelancers looking for? Like, that's really, really kind of like a foundational piece to it. Okay. So talk more about that. Cause it's kind of like, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Like I get what a marketing campaign is, but then what, where do I go next with that? Like if I'm thinking really specifically what people are looking for, 
So give us an example, maybe. Do you have an example like for a food blogger? Let's say they're looking for somebody to shoot their photography for them and offload that part of it. So where would they go from there? First, you want to think, okay, so you're going to hire a photographer. And so I would be thinking, who do you want in that role? What are they like? What are, what do you want them to do at kind of a high level and even a detailed level then kind of thinking about it in terms of what are they going to do specifically? Because they can tell if you don't really know, like the good freelancers, they read a lot of job postings. So that's one thing I also keep in mind is we're competing for the freelancing talent. We're competing against other small businesses and other companies that are looking to hire freelancers. So we have to set ourselves apart with being really clear on these things. So it really starts at who do you want to work with? So what are they going to do? And then who are they? So like, what kind of qualities do they have? What's maybe their personality like? Or what characteristics do they have? So are they reliable, detail-oriented? In the case of a food photographer, you might be looking for someone who's creative, but still has an eye to detail, right? Like they've got to be good at you know, capturing the images that align with your brand. So we could start with maybe like writing all of this out, like getting really detailed, even like maybe picturing that person in your head, like what are they like? What's their personality like? Like doing the profiles, the personality profiles and just seeing how people communicate with each other and work together. So something like that, like what kind of, are they an extrovert, introvert, getting really specific and then from there, putting together a job posting or where would we go from there? Yeah. And then you would use that information exactly to, to fill out a job posting that, because we have to be really specific and detailed. So like I was saying, like they read a lot of job postings and there's just, there's so, like, if you go on the freelancing platforms, there's just so much noise. There's so many, you have to stand out and being detailed and specific about what you want it like just naturally like gives them a sense, like it attracts or repels basically. So I was thinking recently, I saw a job posting that said, need a VA, preferably based in Australia, thanks in advance. We need to be more detailed. Like that's going to repel freelancers because they're like, you don't know what you want. (laughs) Just like seeing who it's like inviting craziness, right? Like who's going to apply to this? Let's see what kind of craziness I can bring in. So being very, very specific and then like maybe putting it out into various platforms or feeling that out. How do we decide on a platform? Usually it depends. For me, it depends on the role. So I found I love Upwork when it comes to finding writers and project managers. In particular, that platform seems to do really well with those two roles. But for more like virtual assistant especially virtual assistants, because that job is broader. It's not as, it's not as clearly defined and there's just a lot more variety in it. I like to take like kind of, I call it multifaceted, (laughs) a multifaceted approach where I'm putting it on LinkedIn. I'm putting it in Facebook groups for VAs. I also love to put it on, um, okay, this is really specific and we'll add it. I think you can add it to the show notes, but the International Virtual Assistant Association, they have a job board as well that's really good. I've had good candidates come in from that. Yeah, and then I, I share it on my social platforms. I share it, you know, just like anywhere you can think of where people are is a great place. I also sometimes will reach out. I mean, of course, I have VAs that now I've interviewed, you know, over time. So I 
like a little network that I that I've cultivated that I also reach out to. So you really so for VAs because I think that VAs are the people that food bloggers are most looking for. It's kind of a non-specific role. It's like you're maybe going to be doing a variety of things for me. So really, it is a multifaceted approach, like you called it. Maybe putting it on your socials, Facebook, Instagram. Is anyone interested or qualified? You mentioned Facebook groups. Now, do you mean, so for food bloggers, I know there are a few big Facebook groups that a lot of people are part of. Do you, are you talking about in there or are there Facebook groups specifically for VAs? Yeah, I would look for Facebook groups that are specifically for VAs. Or I would also use, you know, there's um, some people that have big Facebook business groups will do hiring posts. So I think an example of this would be Jenna Kutcher and the Gold Digger podcast. She like a few times a month will have a post where you can like connect with people about job postings. Like she doesn't want you just like posting in her group, but you can look for those opportunities as well. Kind of unrelated to food blogging, but they're kind of next door. I also at that Abigail and Emily have that creative business as well. I don't know what what it's called at this point, but Abigail and Emily, I've also had some good luck. Something else to check out. And P.S. I mean, we at eBlog Talk are creating this kind of new community that's going to be launching in August sometime. That is going to be one of the key features in there is we're going to have a resource directory, like a service provider and resource directory that I, I don't think this exists anywhere else specifically for food bloggers. So we're really excited about that. So it'll be like a place you can go just to look for jobs and to post like, hey, I'm available to create pins this month if you want to earn a little extra money. So we are excited about that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm excited to hear about that. So, okay, for the postings themselves, they really do need to be super specific. Like, how long do you get? And is there a format? I'm just curious how you kind of lay that out. I do have a job posting template for this that we can add in the show notes. There's five sections that I include in all of my job postings. So the first one is just a general overview. So what are you looking for at a high level? And then the second is the responsibilities So what do you want them to do for you? And this is, again, this is one of the spots where you really need to be specific around what you need, but also not be so broad. Like they can also tell if you aren't clear on the role itself. So if you're asking one person to do five jobs, that's also like a deterrent or it's repel freelancers from applying. What if you do want them to do five jobs? I do start with like the main job or <laughs> I would start with the main job. Be like you want someone to do your social media scheduling and write blog posts and create pins. So they're doing graphic design, they're writing, they're, you know, doing admin work and maybe photography. Like that's just too much to put on one person. Freelancers, they tend to be specialists. So they specialize in things, but we as like bloggers and creative entrepreneurs we're much more of a generalist. So we're good at a lot of things. But yeah, freelancers are different. They go deep in a skill set. And so it's better to have a couple that are specialized in what they're doing. It just it works so much better. I am glad you said that because we food bloggers do so much. As you know, we have so many different hats that we wear that we just kind of assume that everyone is going to want to do that. Like, hey, we do all these jobs. So a freelancer should too, but that's not necessarily the case. So it is okay to hire like one freelancer for one really specific thing. Maybe 
like a graphic designer just to create pins a couple hours a week. You don't have to do like squeezing a million different jobs into one person. And that's probably not the best performing the option anyway, right? Right. Because they're not going to be good. I mean, that and that's more of an employee approach, right? An employee, you'd be looking for different things. Freelancer, it's flexible. It's specific. You can you can flex with that. Like you can have them two or three hours a week and be, again, be specific and detailed. I know I, I keep saying it, but it is so important. It's just, it's the number one thing. So I always talk about avatars and creating avatars for our businesses, but it would almost be a good idea to create just a mini avatar for the person we're looking for. Because I so strongly believe that you associate that like fake person with someone who is actually real, you know? So it's like kind of weird. And I think some people think it's weird (laughs) that I talk about it. Like you're creating a fake person to represent your user, but it's so vital, even if it's just like a picture in your mind of somebody. So being really specific down to the detail and it is okay to have multiple freelancers. I think what deters us from that, Emily, is like managing different, you know, like a lot of different people. Like if there's someone doing my Pinterest pins, it's really good at it. That's great. But then I also have to hire someone else to do my Instagram posts. And then it seems messy, but really in the end, it's probably more efficient. Right. And you can sometimes wrap a couple of those things together, like social media. I found, you know, people that do Pinterest are sometimes also good at, you can find like Pinterest and Instagram in one person. So social media, you don't necessarily need one person for every single platform. So you could tie a few of them together. Or just pose questions to them. Like, what are you comfortable with? Okay, I hired you to create my Pinterest pins, but are you comfortable doing X, Y, Z, you know? And I mean, freelancers, I think, are selective enough that they will most likely be honest and say, yes, I am or no, I'm not. And like, yeah, freelancers, that's the thing about freelancers is that they're just as selective as we are, right? We feel like we're being so picky because we need to protect our businesses, but they are being selective too. I think you pointed that out earlier. So when they're looking at our postings, they are quickly going through like, yep, nope, yep, nope. So we have to see it that way. It's not just about us. It's also about them. We need to make them happy too. Exactly. Yeah. Just as much as you're looking for like the perfect freelancer, they're looking for their perfect client, like the ideal fit that way. Okay. So we talked a little bit about job postings and you have a job posting template. That's so awesome. We're going to put that on your show notes. So we talked about the first two things that should be at the top of our minds as we write job postings. Can you continue with that, Emily, and talk us through the rest? Yeah. So the third section is what kind of experience you're looking for. So I call this preferred qualification. So what kind of background do you want them to have? What kind of person are you looking for? This is where you'd put those qualities and characteristics we were talking about earlier. So if you want reliable and organized and detail oriented, you can put that here. Because as the freelancers read through the posting with section two, like what they're going to do and section three, the experience, they're kind of using it like a checklist. Like, does this sound like me? And if they can check off most of them, then they'll apply. Like if it's attractive enough to them, then they will, they will submit an application. Yeah, that makes sense. So what is next on the list? So fourth is why they would want to work with you. So I like to have an about section on every job posting. So it's about you and about your blog. So you can talk a little bit about what you're like to work with. 
you know, maybe some of your strengths, you could include a little bit about, you know, a paragraph about your blog. And if you have a specialty or a niche, you can talk about that and why it's important to you. Because again, this is the part where you're competing against the other businesses. So if other businesses aren't even telling them who they are, you know, that's going to stand out. And in general, I will say food blogs are super attractive clients to, to freelancers because everyone loves food. Like, Yeah, that's true. That's a really great point. I'm glad you pointed that out. A lot of people see our job postings and it's attractive to them because food never goes anywhere. We all need recipes. We all need to eat. We all love food. We all enjoy food. So it's like a, yeah, just something that they, that is appealing to them as well. So what is your very last section in the job posting? So the last part is what should they do to apply? So do you want a resume, a LinkedIn profile? I usually like to have have them submit a few questions instead of using cover letters. I just found cover letters where everyone was saying something different and I couldn't compare them. So I stopped using cover letters and I started just asking a few questions like, what's your zone of genius? Why are you the best candidate for this position? And then this is where I also usually include a space for them to talk about their favorite food to cook or bake or eat. uh, Because they, if you don't give them a space because they love food so much, which is a good thing, they can sometimes it their love of food will take over the application without them realizing everyone is focusing on that aspect. So it doesn't differentiate you because just everyone loves food. So Yeah. So you just ask a few little extra questions just to kind of get a feel for like that other side of them other than actual job posting. Is that right? You can pick what you care about too. Those are just what I love to use. And yeah, but it allows you like whatever the questions are, it allows you to compare the candidates better. And yeah, totally agree. Like something in that section could really stand out to you that maybe has nothing to do with their job performance. But like, I don't know, maybe they're an interesting type of personality and you're like, oh, I've always wanted to work with something like that. But the food one, the food question is great because... As food bloggers, obviously, we love talking about food and making food and eating food. So to hear somebody else who could potentially be working for you talk about food as well, it could be like a connection point. Be like, oh, they love Italian food. That's so awesome. I think that's so smart. And also see too how, how much they respond. Like how much are they saying in response to that question? Is it just like, I like to make spaghetti? Or are they like, you know, giving you a paragraph on the recipe? You can just tell their passion then, their level of interest in food itself. It allows for you to kind of get a glimpse into that if whether or not it's something they're passionate about. I think that's brilliant. Okay, so then after those five things, you kind of have a great job posting put together. Now, how do you get them to actually apply? Do you have an application? How does that work? If you're going with that multifaceted approach, I usually use, I create a web page and then a Google form. So then there's a button to a Google form that they fill out. And then that's where I collect all the information I want, things like their name, the link to their profile, you know, the list, the answers to those questions. I have all of that in there. And then, yep, then you review them, you select I usually do a work sample for most most positions of some sort. So then we do a work sample and then we move into interviews and then the decision. I know, right? It's just like that. <laughs> just like that. Just so simple. I mean, you the way you lay it out, it's like, okay, that sounds amazing. But yeah, it's like a process that 
I mean, I don't say I don't like it because when you do get that right freelancer, there's nothing like it. You're like, yes, this is amazing. So it's worth it. It's definitely worth all the work, but there is some work that goes into it, especially if you want to find a good one. So I had just a few questions about your, after you put the job posting out there and you get applications, if you find someone right away and you're like, this person sounds amazing, do you just like keep accepting applications or do you have like a time frame? Do you go with your gut on that? How do you do that? I do a time frame because they might sound amazing and and it's again, this is another thing I've learned from working with so many freelancers and hiring so many, like recruiting so many of them and hiring them is that they can be really good at applications. Like they can be really good at applying. So while it's exciting to have a really awesome application, in my mind, it means pretty much means nothing <laughs> because at this point, I've seen so many freelancers that are good at applying that like once you get you know, it's either in the work sample or the interview, they're not the right fit. So you just don't know. So I just kind of hold it loosely. Like I don't get attached to any of the applications because I just, I need to do the full process. I need to see their work sample. I need to interview them. I need that whole picture before I can make a decision. So yeah, I usually do a week to two weeks, one to two weeks. If you're doing an in-person position, so like maybe you have like a kitchen assistant coming in, you know, more in the two to four week range, just depending how your geography is of your local area. If you're in a city or near a city versus, you know, more rural, it's going to be harder to find people. So yeah, that makes sense. So one to two weeks for the applications to be rolling in. And then how many do you select for that typically? I'm sure it probably varies, but what's the typical selection for interviews after that? I usually work it down to three to five interviews. I'll review in depth 15 applications, and then I take 15 down to 10 for work samples. And then from the 10 work samples, I try to do three to five interviews. Okay. And then you conduct those via like Skype or on video or phone or how do you do that? I go phone. I found it's just easier. You know, I don't, I actually had someone, a freelancer one time show up in her pajamas. That was the last video interview I did. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, in pajamas and like, it looked like she had gotten out of bed like three minutes before. No, that's when I realized it really doesn't matter. Like that was very distracting for me in the interview. But at the end of the day, like I don't see my freelancers. Like you don't see them every day. It does not matter how they look when they're working. That's such a great point. Yeah, because like, does it really matter if they're in their pajamas? Probably not. But do you need to see that? I mean, you really probably don't. And you can get such a good sense for people over the phone, just voice. Well, and I like too that I don't have to worry how I'm looking and I can take notes on a notepad, like whatever I need to be doing or my face. I don't have to like worry about my face. I can just really focus on what I'm saying. That's how I feel about my interviews. When I do this, Skype, obviously you can do video or audio and some people come on on video and that's fine, totally fine. But I never do because I like to, I have notes here. I've got a notepad on my computer. I look at those and I don't want to have to worry about if I make a weird face or like, I don't want to have to worry about the camera. So you have talked us through a lot and you've kind of given us the full scope of finding a freelancer from start to finish. So platforms to use, kind of that systematic process, like seeing this as a marketing campaign, which is 
so smart. Like it's not just another thing I have to do. Like look at it as actually something like a marketing campaign. That's such a creative way to think about it. And then just getting really specific, really figuring out who you need, write it out. I always find clarity with writing. So even if it's just like paragraph style, like write out what you're needing, who this person is, exactly what you want from them, and then turn it into a job posting. And you have this amazing formula, a five-step process that you go through, and then post that and conduct interview or sorry, um, receive applications. And then from there, you can pick your interviews, conduct interviews. And there you go. And then you have your perfect freelancer, right, Emily? Right. I know we kind of joke about it, but I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. No, but that's, it's great to have a process and to have kind of a framework for it because it can seem messy when we're in our work day to day. It's like, I need help. I'm frustrated. I don't want to be doing this anymore. And you just want like someone magically to show up right here immediately. But it's not like that. It is a process, but it's worth going through the process. Well, and if you're not hiring all the time either, it's really helpful to have like have a system and a process that you can use. Because like you said, it's like not necessarily like a blogger who bloggers expertise is high, isn't necessarily hiring because you don't but you don't do it every day. And that's why it's wonderful that there are people like you who are like truly passionate about this. And you've really taken a deep dive into this subject matter, which I love. And okay, in your, I knew this about you, but I was reminded when I read through your bio that you have degrees in this. Like you love psychology and you love diving into people and what people are wanting. And like you get people. So, we're just grateful that there are people like you who can give us this knowledge. So thank you, Emily. <laughs> thank you so much, Megan. Yes. And is there anything that you feel like we need to touch on regarding just anything with freelancers before we start wrapping up? I think that's everything. We really went through it, like thinking like a marketing campaign, you know, remembering that they apply to a lot of jobs. So, you know, just to be careful around attractive applications to like really do the full process, like not just get excited about one and jump on that, like finish the process. And then also just remembering, you know, they want flexibility that you're competing for them as well, I think is like good to remember. Definitely. Yeah. And you have this mini course coming up that I would love for you to tell us about, like tell us kind of what's in it, what we can expect, what benefits will come from it, and then when and where we can find it. I put together a new mini course. It's just coming out this summer. It'll be out by the time this episode is is available. And it, it has the five things that no one tells you about hiring freelancers. And it's a good reminder of a lot of the things we've talked about today. And it has some additional resources as well that walk you through thinking through some of these things, like working on that job posting and also like even just developing that role and like envisioning, like we talked about that ideal client or not the ideal client the ideal freelancer, like a freelancer avatar so that you know who you're looking for and and can be more specific. Those are the tools it provides. So it's at emilyparent.com slash five things. Five is spelled out. Like, okay. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited. That sounds really intriguing. And it's all email because I've taken some all email courses and I love them. Like you can scroll through it and like get the information really quickly in an email and then move on. That's such a great idea. That's such a new concept because you always think course is related to video, but it really doesn't have to be. Yeah, this one isn't. 
I, I just was like, how, like, I wanted to make it as simple and easy as possible. Like, how can I just give you like what you need? <laughs> box. You don't even have to click off if you don't want to. What a great concept. So we will also link to that in your show notes. Okay. So we've covered a lot today. Thank you, Emily, so much for being here. And just as always, I like to ask people if they have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration before we say goodbye. Oh yeah. Well, I brought a Steve Jobs quote that I have always loved. I've loved it for about, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. It comes from his commencement address at Stanford way back, what, 2005, which feels like forever ago. But he talks about the dots and he said, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backward. So you have to trust that the dots will connect somehow. I feel like this relates so much to hiring as well, because when I look back, I can see how I found my freelancer, but I had to just trust my process that it would work. And it does, and it did. And, you know, I've been writing, working with a writer now for almost two years, which is an incredibly long time in sync space. That is, that, that's amazing. And that says a lot. Yeah. So I love how those things connect, like how, how we became connected. And isn't that cool to look back and see how maybe you started on a certain path and then like how that led just kind of what you're saying, like one dot led to another, to another. And then you look back and it's like this beautiful picture and, oh yeah, I love that. Or even when I look at my own career path, when I, even when I got a master's degree in industrial and organizational psychology, I wasn't saying like, I'm going to help food bloggers build their teams. Like I just trusted this degree was going to help me in the future. And and it has. One thing leads to another, to another, to another. And eventually you're like, wow, that was really cool. Well, that's perfect. As I mentioned, we will be putting show notes together for Emily and everything we've talked about today, all of her amazing resources and all of the information that she has we'll put there and you can find those at eatblogtalk.com forward slash freelancers emily tell everyone where they can find you online i'm mostly on instagram at emily.parent awesome well thanks again emily for being here and thank you for listening today food bloggers i will see you next time We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.